What a year, Claire. You've done a lot this year, actually. There's been a lot of interviews. We have. I don't know how many because we started doing them every two weeks. And I'm, I, I can't, I can't count. And, and I think we're doing proper sequential numbering now. So we're up to something like, let me have a quick 50. look. I think it's 50. It is, it is 50. Yeah. But there's a few in the pipeline that I haven't yet edited. So we're ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we are. And let, yes, actually, let me introduce you. This is Claire. Um, she works behind <laughs> the scenes on the podcast and many other things, getting them all straight, doing all those nice jump cuts and, and basically getting everything so it's it's in line and, and, and sounds good. And I coaxed her to come on and um, talk about some of the podcasts that we've been working on over the past year. So thank you. That's okay. I much prefer being behind the scenes. <laughs> Do you want to just introduce yourself very briefly and, and what you've been doing for, for us and maybe some of the people you work with? Okay, well, well, I think I've been working with you is it almost two years now. I can't, Has it been that long? Wow. I know, it's flies, flies by. So I've been supporting you with the editing and some of the back office things, um, helping with projects um, as and when you need me, going out doing client testimonials and odd bits of filming, anything you want me to do. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And the, the client testimonials have been fab, haven't they? Working with some of the clients and yeah. being able to go out and capture some of that. That's been really good. Yeah, it's nice to actually sort of get out and go see people and kind of hear what they have to say in real life rather than just editing them all the time. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I know I kind of sling you these really hour long epic podcasts <laughs> and say, yeah. do something with that to bring it down and hopefully make it not boring. And I, I think you've done a very good job. So um, thank you uh, for going through those. I do appreciate it. Well, it's, it's fun, actually, because sometimes um, you, you meet these amazing people, you know, through the edits and um, you learn so much about different industries and what they're doing. Um, and I think that's why we want to do a highlight today of some of the. Podcasts. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's two different viewpoints. Mine from uh, that I've, I interview a lot of these people like you. I don't necessarily know them. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't met them before, but I might have got in contact like their work, bring them on the show and find out a bit more about them from that point of view but but you hear it from the di that different side don't you? You, you, you have no contact and when you just get this recording and you're not necessarily listening to it in a linear fashion you're sort of chopping it up and going through it so it's really interesting to get your take on it as I'm talking to them I'm not necessarily pulling all that information in so yeah anyway I'm quite excited to go through this so uh, just a little recap really uh putting all of our recordings on youtube i think since mm -hmm. just at the end of 2018 we just started doing it and that's a really big milestone moving from an audio recording which donor was editing to to video which you're looking after i think that's quite a big thing to do um so i'm really pleased we managed to do that al was obviously a key co-host on the podcast right from the beginning when i convinced him to to come on and join me and do this crazy thing um but he left us back in feb so i had to sort of scrabble around and figure out what we're going to do and so I thought well I'm doing a lot of interviews with people plus we've got this podcast with um with Al maybe if I bring that together and have some regular guests as well as new people coming on that might work I think it has and we also and I I was reluctant to do this initially but I felt we had to is move to a two-weekly schedule so we were publishing every month we would have some piece out and maybe throw in an interview in between um mm. but we've managed to get ahead of ourselves uh, with Claire editing and sort of preparing everything in advance that we've been comfortable enough to to have a two weekly schedule where we're or releasing every two weeks and I think that's been great I, I'm really yeah. pleased with that yeah definitely I think once once we got ahead of ourselves it was a lot less stressful and that that's something I found is uh, just starting is good and that's how we started the podcast 
but to get to a level where we were comfortable um, with having a schedule and knowing having some regularity, we really needed to plan a little bit more. Uh, and that's something I'm going to do better next year. We've got a schedule going on. We're trying to know uh, who's coming on, what sponsors we've got and all that sort of stuff. So we'll do it properly next year. So let's move into the first one. We're going to go kind of round robin and I've got some listeners to send in their comments as well. Some recording some text. So we'll go through what they think as well. But I will start um, with not necessarily the best, but I, I took a lot away from it. And this was um, episode 42 called The Art of Problem Solving with uh, guest uh, Ben Everard mm -hmm. um, from his company, The Ideas Bureau. I can't say that properly. I like Ben. I met him at WordCamp Bristol where he did a talk on um, problem solving. And uh, not only did I think he was an engaging speaker and he had an excellent name, but also uh, his talk was really good because it was it was not really technical. It was quite mm -hmm. simple in terms of the concepts he was talking about, but he did it in such a way that conveyed those ideas very effectively in a really good way I thought he's I'll just cover briefly what he talked about he had five steps that he's going to go through and I, I will not say it as eloquently as he did but basically they are to when you're looking at a problem or you've got a problem you first need to know what it is and I think that's the biggest challenge for a lot of people to to discover they actually have a problem because uh, and I remember talking about this when I was reviewing it a lot of people might know they've got a problem if there's a pain physical or otherwise you know something is happening to them that's causing them a problem literally sometimes there are problems which you don't know about and it really takes a little bit of time to discover it maybe those are inefficiencies it could be cash flow forecasting that isn't going where you want it to but until you start looking at them and discovering what they are it's, it's, it's a real issue and then he moves on to really understanding it getting a uh, sort of looking all around the problem, trying to solve it, then reporting on it and sharing it with other people. And I think that was the other key fact I took away from it is that you should try and not only solve your problems, but share the solution with other people or even just yourself. Maybe if it's on your own blog, just in some notes, then maybe share it with your team, share it with the world, because not only will have you benefited from that, but other people will. Um, and not only is that a nice thing to do, you spent energy on that, you're putting that out into the world, but also you, you're going to get that back. You know, there's, there's loads of science where I've got technical problems where I, they've already solved it for me and I can sort of copy and paste that solution in. So paying it back is really good. But I also think that when you write down or share a problem, you help understand that problem better for next time when yeah. it comes up. He also shared another little um, idea, which I hadn't heard of before actually, but a lot of programmers in the room had called rubber duck programming. And the idea behind that is if you have a problem, sometimes the best way to deal with that problem is to talk to someone else, or in this case, something else, which is a little rubber duck that you can have sat on your desk. In fact, I, I haven't got a rubber duck, but I have got a little, uh, a little um, Lego character on a saber tooth tiger. Um, you could talk to that object or that person and that helps you talk through the problem maybe in a different way than it being stuck in your head. And I, I often do that walking around the field with a dog, uh, talking about the problems that I've got and how I solve them. I don't, she's not very helpful, but she's a good listener. Yeah, and I found that really useful. Ben, thank you very much for that interview. It's really, really good. And hopefully we can catch up again at some point. I'm going to move on to our next one, if I may, Claire. Yeah, sure. And this is Jonathan Pollinger, who has actually been on the show a couple of times. I uh, yeah I reached out to to listeners and some of the people I know and said you know can you can you pick an episode that you you value that you got something out of and tell me why I'm intrigued by that so here's his response hi Ben just a quick response I love the Alex Galvez interview bringing people together face to face is a passion of mine 
So very interesting to learn about how LinkedIn Local started from a great speaker. So Alex, I remember Alex, and I in fact got in touch with her because of a friend of mine, Ruth, who was talking about Alex and how she follows her online. And um, so I thought, well, that'd be an interesting person to, to interview. Yeah, I think I think Alex uh, was a very interesting character, good story, where she came from in terms of business, how she sort of suffered with various issues. and But, but those issues actually in some ways made her stronger because it caused her to stop what she was doing, get out of the rat race and really rethink everything. I think sometimes that can be valuable, though people probably don't think about it at the time. And then start this LinkedIn, LinkedIn local hashtag along with um, another woman in Australia, I believe. It's something I think that LinkedIn have actually taken over themselves now. So they've handed the reins over to LinkedIn. I think it's an official mm-hmm. LinkedIn hashtag now. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, I found that Alex actually, uh, I've quoted her a couple of times in my LinkedIn talks I've given. So shout out to Alex for that. That was really good. Jonathan also goes on to mention how he enjoyed episode 40. Um, now that was with Kim. And Kim was Kim was talking about Gutenberg and how, as an agency, they've really embraced Gutenberg and, and really used that a lot in their themes. And the reason Jonathan liked that is he said he was keen to learn more about his own site because he had just upgraded it or it's about to be upgraded to um, a, a one by Rainmaker Digital. And they use WordPress as a platform and they kind of provide everything you need to run your business within this WordPress platform. Um, so he was keen to use Gutenberg a bit more. And I like that. I, I actually hadn't met Kim before I interviewed him. I was recommended to speak to him by Elliot, I think. Elliot from um, another WordPress WordCamp. His approach to uh, this sort of working with Gutenberg and working with w- WordPress, very pragmatic, very, well, let's just, you know, this is a new thing coming at us. Let's understand it. Let's embrace it. We know it's the future and let's sort of move on through that. And so actually, while I knew about Gutenberg, speaking to Kim, uh, his company is called Make Do. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Speaking to Kim, I think was a bit of a milestone in me moving forward personally with Gutenberg. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about you when how you felt when you watched it. I think just talking it through with Kim and me going through a demo. So I was walking it through and I'd played with it before, but I hadn't really used it in earnest. Mm. Going through it with Kim, it unlocked a little hurdle for me that I saw, oh, there's a blocker. You know, I've got to move from here to here in terms of using yeah. Gutenberg. It's something else I need to learn. We just went for it and I'd learned everything I needed to know. It wasn't a technical hurdle. It was just simply in my mind, I didn't feel ready to go there yet. Just by talking to him and going through it, I felt ready to go there. In fact, now we've embraced it and we use it for every every website we're developing going forward. So, so he was your rubber duck. <laughs> my rubber duck. There you go, Kim. Yeah, but I think that's what I've got out of a lot of these interviews so far is that I... I know a lot or a little about a lot, but sometimes I can be quite wary about taking the first step forward until I know more information. But you can always know more information before you take the first step. Um, Sometimes you've just got to take it. You've just got to take that leap, which I guess kind of leads us quite nicely into Lovna, who Ah. was um, uh, one of the podcasts that I edited recently. And it really hit me, actually, because I was normally when I'm editing, you know, I'm sort of going through the motions I'm going backwards and forwards I don't actually hear the full sentence sometimes because I'm sort of tidying up as I go along and that having to be very critical as well so I have to be sort of I mustn't get sort of swept along with it otherwise I can find myself sort of 15 minutes down the line going oh actually I need to sort of analytical about it so Lubna's based in the Arab states and she's a freelancer who uh, goes into companies and supports them with change and creating that business narrative and so she goes in for a set period of time she shakes them up sorts them out and then leaves so very much like I think you quoted it like the Mary Poppins of the sort of coaching business world the thing that really came across from her 
that I took away and it kind of like hit me in the face a bit while I was editing was taking that leap what's the worst that can happen losing that fear and I realized actually in myself I used to be more more like the way she was talking about I realized mm. I've lost that aspect of myself and actually since editing that podcast I've been sort of like using it as my mantra like well what's the worst that can happen I'll put my foot down no or no I will do that or I will take that risk I've sort of started saying it to other people friends or colleagues that are talking to me I'm like well what's the worst that can happen you know and I'm trying to sort of refresh that in myself because I think it's very easy to think that you're an imposter within your role and it's very mm. easy to say it's static but actually um, change is important especially in business and um, within marketing you've constantly got to be dynamic just got to keep changing because the rate of pace of life and everything is constantly sort of evolving and if you're just sort of static and dormant you're not really going to get anywhere so that's what I really like about Lubna how she sort of in a very sort of gracious way pushes people <laughs> Yeah. She's not like the super nanny uh, that sort of comes in and bosses you about, but she's very gracious about it. And I've just really enjoyed her energy and her approach to life. Did you hear that she had actually had the super nanny round? Yeah, yeah. Because no. well. <laughs> <laughs> she was using that as an analogy for, you know, for quite a yeah. long time. And then she said that she had the super nanny round because I think she had like four children or something, yeah. which sounds intense. So yeah, that was, it was interesting that even within herself, she had to sort of have an external person um, to sort of shake her up and go, come on, you need to change these things. You know, you need to yeah. look at this. You know, it's quite humbling, really, that she's able to do that for other people, but also be aware that she needs it for herself. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I really enjoyed talking to Lubna. I watched her TED talk uh, before we had the interview and I found that very engaging, actually. It seemed very genuine to me, very chatty, very friendly and happy to give how how she how she works with people. I, I, I enjoyed it immensely. And yeah. then talking to you subsequently, going through what you've just said, actually, we're, we're talking about uh, out at one of our, our catch ups. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, actually. Yeah. What what is the worst that can happen in a lot of cases? And yeah. I, I've I've now started echoing that more in, in what I do in certain things. Well, let me just put that proposal forward because if they say no, they say no, it doesn't matter. I've not lost anything. Yeah. I, I'm still at the same position. Definitely. I think the trouble is we're very much like that as sort of you know, teenagers, young people. Yeah. But then I think when you get to a certain point and you have to have stability or you have commitments that you need to sort of deliver on. So whether you're paying your rent, your house, or you know, if you have children, then you start to kind of fear change you know you don't want to lose what you've already got yes and it, it is harder you know if it may be dependencies on you so it becomes more of an issue but still there are little things you can probably do that, that help make a, a change on that um yeah i should mention while we go while we're going through these i'll make sure or claire will make sure all of these are uh, links to what we're talking about are in the show notes so mm -hmm. if you if you thought one of these interviews was really good and actually you want to go back and either listen again or you didn't catch it first time we'll make sure everything's there just moving on i want to talk about Dwayne. and actually th this is Dwayne forrester he um um, I'm not sure. I haven't checked. I should have checked where he works now. But he was at the time working for uh, Yext, um, which is, and he was their VP of Industry Insights. Now, Yext is like a, an aggregation tool that brings together all of this information that's floating around about your company and sort of brings it into one control panel where you can monitor it, control it and edit it from that, that position. And he, he's really evangelizing and talking about, particularly in this case, structured data. Before I get to that, 
I, I really enjoyed chatting with Dwayne. He's, he's such a character. And, and I caught him on his, it was Thanksgiving Friday, I think at the time. So I caught him on Thanksgiving um, or the Friday before. Uh, it was his holiday. So he, he was in a very good mood. I think he'd had a beer. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we spent the first 20 minutes uh, talking about his guitars. He was showing me these beautiful guitars that he makes. And I wasn't recording at the time, which was a real shame because it would have been lovely to put in an after show or something like that. But it just goes to show that actually you can get some of the most interesting and human chats with people after you stop recording whether you can use them or not you know you obviously have to ask but I think sometimes you can get the real people unless they're pro pros at talking um, on webinars or, or things like this at uh, being interviewed you can get the real real human behind them when you actually stop recording and they relax you can see people just sink a little bit they're, yeah yeah they're, they're relaxed but he was like that before he had so much energy he was just so you could see how so much passion about these guitars. And I love that. I was just sort of wrapped up in this and forgot, you know, we're 20 minutes later. Oh, actually, we better start recording. So I was talking to Dwayne uh, about structured data. That was one of the things he wanted to talk about and the role that has to play on the web and why it's important. And one of the reasons he's a good person to talk to about it is because he was one of the people who helped develop structured data when he worked at Bing. So there was a, a sort of amalgam of uh, a group of companies coming together to develop the, the structured data standard to help. Basically, maybe I should define what structured data is and in fact go and listen to Dwayne's uh, interview so basically he was saying that it's really important now that if you want to be in voice search you need to be on that um, augmented reality later down the line maybe if we've got heads up displays in our glasses and you've got structured data embedded into your site or around the web then Google and other services are going to understand that and maybe be able to put map pins where you are and augment that addition, that um, information over the top of what you can see. But they won't do that if you're not telling them what that information is. I, hopefully, I've said that in a concise way, but it's really important basically to structure your site like that. Also, it's important for search optimization as well. It, it can be important for search optimization. So it's definitely worth making sure the basics are included in terms of your organization. And it, it's actually something I've put into a presentation about getting five five star reviews. If we can link to online, I will do, where we show, I give a little example about structured data. I thought I, I had a really good chat with him just on a personal level. I thought he's a great guy. Um, thank you very much for your time, Dwayne, on that. That's really good. It Again, like Gutenberg, it just sort of pushed me over a little hurdle in terms of structured data. I think before that point, I've been just sort of pushing off and sort of, I'll leave it there. I'll think about that later. Whereas actually, once someone talks to you about it and you understand what it's for and what it's why it's important, actually, technically, it's not that difficult to implement. It was just something I needed to know the value and why it's worth implementing. Um, Shall we move on? Um, yeah. You want to talk about Shana? Shana, yes. So I edited Shana in the summer and I just really loved her energy. She's from the States. Um, so anyone from the States is pretty up beat and lively in their approach to life and I I just loved her confidence actually because um, I think once she graduated she set up um, a business very quickly I think when she was only like 19 is that right which yes she was quite young yeah she subsequently sold quite a lot of money and then she sort of you know set about starting up another business and she sort of talked about that process of having that high success and then realizing you know you can't just sort of spin them out you have to kind of work and it's that sort of determination and drive has enabled her to get another successful business and the thing that really hit me with her was that sort of self-belief and confidence in what you have to offer and again I think that's something as sort of individuals we sometimes forget you know our qualities and you know actually we are really good at what we do and you know we should shout about it because I don't know if you're like me Ben but um, I'm always quite modest I always play it down I don't really want to talk about it I, maybe it's a very English thing to do 
to kind of slide it under the carpet and go, yeah, I'm, I'm just me. But the thing that I loved about her was um, she would go after corporate sponsorship and A, um, listening to somebody that knows how to find it and where to get it uh, you realize there's a lot more opportunities out there if you're just prepared to kind of put yourself out there and sort of go oi look at me yeah I've got this to offer having that confidence in being able to sell what you have to offer and kind of and then also realizing that people invest in you so her audience her followers um, you need to safeguard them because you don't want to just sell them off to the highest bidder I think the main thing that I took from her was just her sort of self-belief and confidence um, and I think that's really important to remember that actually if you have a service or you have a business don't kind of get pushed around by the big players you are valid and valued and it's just sort of having that sort of confidence in yourself mm. do, do you know what I took from her is the fact that you don't need to wait for opportunities opportunities to, no. to come you can make them by looking for people you're close to maybe businesses you already work with businesses you'd like to work with and start to think about what value you could make for them by working with them on something I think I just took from her the fact that actually we can just do something a little bit different we don't have to just keep doing the same thing um I think it's helped me push into sponsorships a little bit more and take that step there I think there's a few people I'm talking to where I don't think at the moment I would have moved to pitching them an idea if I hadn't spoken to her so mm -hmm. I think Shana just opened my eyes a little bit more yeah. about what's possible because the, the, all of these things are, are not impossible they're, they're just these barriers that we feel that we've yeah. got in front of us either because we don't think we're very good or we don't want to say we're very good or we don't believe we should do that yeah it's having you know, that we, bravery to yeah. kind of put yourself out there and go I'm here this is what I have to offer take it or leave it this is my terms I'm not going to bow and you know kind of give my my products away or if you are a small business you're more inclined to kind of ingratiate yourself and sell yourself short and it's about having that self-belief in what you have to offer oh yeah I mean I, I remember back in the early days of um, when I was running a business that if uh, someone rang up and wanted me to come and have a meeting with them at nine o'clock wherever it was like Manchester three and three hours away I'd do that but without any promise of anything I'd just say yo come and have a meeting and chat about this website uh, or this particular project or whatever it was and there was you know there was no nothing there so you'd often go for the meeting and nothing happens whereas now I'd be like no let's 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 make sure it's that there's value in it for both of us and that we can we can do more with it. Yes, absolutely. I, I thought it's really, and I think a lot of these interviews are, have been that for me. It's like someone is talking about something in their world where they've been able to unlock a little, uh, a new idea or a way of thinking. A nugget like, of yes. <laughs> and it, it does, it kind of slaps you in the face sometimes of like, actually, I am better than what I say I am. You know, I need to put myself out there. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. So that is my mantra for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Ben. <laughs> We've got, I'll move on to the next one. And this is from Carl Madden. He's actually been on the show a few times. I would say friend of the show. Um, he's got a great uh, podcast called Mac and Forth Podcast, which I've, I've been on a couple of times too. Um, and he sent in a clip. So let's have a listen to that clip now and then we'll talk. Hi, Ben. This is Carl from the Mac and Forth Show. And I just wanted to point out one of the shows that I... I really enjoyed. It's quite an old one. However, it was recorded back in on 17th of July, 2018. I've just discovered going through the, the history. And uh, this was like, very personal to me because although you have lots of interesting guests and topics on, there's occasionally just one that leaps out. And this one has stuck with me to this day. So that's, that's how much it kind of meant to me at the time. So you was uh, chatting with a, a lady called Gina of the Wild Fist Kombuka 
<laughs> drinks. No, I'd never even heard of that at this point in time. But um, and that 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 made me laugh, Carl. <laughs> it's it's a uh, wild fizz kombucha. As you went through your interview, we discovered that uh, kombucha is a a drink that affects your stomach or, or settles your stomach. And I was having some kind of issues at the time. And I remember seeking out this drink. Not not unfortunately from wild fizz. I had to get an alternative from somewhere closer to me. But uh, it it worked. It worked for me at the time, and I was most happy. And I wouldn't have known about this this wonderful drink if it hadn't been for your show and just a chance listening to you interviewing uh, Gina. G- Gina Jogigan. I can't pronounce her second name. I'm so sorry. But uh, it was a wonderful product. And, of course, all the other shows that you've done through the time are always interesting. Um, some of the ones I heard were going around the GDPR stuff, which was a complete nightmare, and I never really understood what it was all going on about. Uh, it just seemed like another scam way for various governments to make money, as far as I was concerned. But uh, then, nonetheless, it was interesting, and a lot of us had to take notice of what was going on there. But, uh, yeah, as your show says, there's always something inventive going on when it comes to your, your broadcasts, or podcasts, as they call them nowadays the young hip ones (laughs) so thank you very much for that ben keep up the good work and uh i'll keep listening in the future thanks very much for sending that in carl um but (laughs) i know you got the names wrong it's a bit difficult i I, uh, often when i when i come up with people i'm interviewing and i can't read their name i will try and phonetically spell it and i'll check it with them first but so so both of these the company was wild fizz kombucha and it was gina gagan now, let me explain. Um, so Gina Gagan, I met at River Cottage in Axminster. Um, I went to a food fair there and signed up for this kombucha course. Had no idea what it was, but I thought, ah, that sounds fun. We'll do that. And yeah, she took us through how you uh, um, make kombucha, uh, which is basically just um, fermented tea. And um, like the idea of it, we had a little taste. The boys liked it too. So we thought, yeah, well, and as part of the course, she gave us this little um, scoby bit of bacteria that we could take home and make our own. And we still do today. I still make my own and put ginger in it and have, uh, and we all, the boys still love this sort of kombucha drink. So it's really good to hear Carl listen to it. Uh, And, um, you know, I'm often think that we're doling sort of technical advice and talking about um, businessy things, marketing things, but actually to come across this and, and find that um, something we mentioned on the podcast was of personal help to him, which is, is brilliant. So thank you. You should let Gina know, get in touch with her. I'm sure she'd be pleased to hear that, Carl. The other thing uh, Carl mentioned was GDPR. Um, I'm not going to go in, into that now. <laughs> Mind <laughs> field, don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, was, it was really good to talk to some experts on that. And I think that's one of the things I've liked about the podcast is it helps open up experts to me. I can get free access to experts and help, help that pass that information on. Mm-hmm. So it's really useful talking to, I think it was Kidwell solicitors um, about um, GDPR and really getting a better understanding of that. Um, I think, should we do a sponsor now? Go for it. So this episode is sponsored by 34sp.com. They offer fast, secure and managed WordPress hosting for the very low price of $9.95 a month. Um, Now, as I've mentioned before, we've moved many of our clients over now to 34SP, and it certainly will be the default uh, hosting solution going forward. Certainly in doing so, made full use of their free migration service. Now, uh, as many people who run a website know, it can be a real pain to to move over a a WordPress site um, in terms of managing the files, 
copying the database, setting up, and then making sure everything comes together. Now, it's really not too much of a problem, but when you've got to do 20, 30, 40 sites, it becomes a bit more of a pain. So all I need to do with 34SP is provide them with administrator access to the WordPress site, and they just literally take care of the rest. In fact, usually they come back next day, everything's been transferred over. Uh, they give me a special preview link, which I can click on and just see the site. Everything's working. I, I don't think I've had any opportunities or any need to change the site at a later date. They've done everything that needed. So I've been very happy with that. In fact, the only thing I need to do is just make the DNS changes. It really has been that easy. And I want to thank the support staff, uh, Kaylee, Alex, and everyone else there. Uh, for making everything easy for me. And I also want to wish you a happy Christmas. Hopefully you're all stuffed full of uh, turkey and whatever you've been eating right now. You've opened all your presents and I hope the rest of your festive period goes really well. Um, just to round off, 34SP, they offer incredibly fast server and page caching. I know um, that all the sites we moved over have really uh, benefited from that. They give you free SSL with Let's Encrypt, a daily backup, and you can also spin up a staging area where you can take a copy of the site and just make changes on there in the safety, knowing that it's not the live site. They also manage your core, WordPress core and plugin updates for you. There's no restrictions on bandwidth and a simple control panel that I, I really wish other people would copy. It's that good. And finally, great UK-based support, even on the weekend, which I've definitely used on a few occasions. So if you want to upgrade your WordPress hosting experience, visit 34sp.com. And when you do, make sure to use the code WPINVENTIVE at checkout. That's WPINVENTIVE, all one word, to get your first three months completely free. So the final one I want to talk about is WordCamp Bristol. Now, this was a roundup of the event. I just started getting a bit more into the WordPress community at this time. I think I'd gone to a couple of meetups in Cheltenham where I met Richard and Elliot, the hosts of that meetup. And they they were in, talking about WordCamp Bristol and they invited me to sort of join them on, on that day and, and come along with them. And I said to them, uh, I, I think it was a little bit of a, a joke at the time. But I said, look, it's quite good, actually, if we um, talk about the what we've learned at the end of it. I've done it a few times. It's quite good. We just talk about what we've learned, who we liked, and it helps consolidate that information down in your, in your head. Um, and I, I don't think they expected me to do it. But actually, after a few beers, um, <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll do this. And actually, they did really well. I don't think um, either Elliot or Richard do anything in front of camera much. So they were really good, actually. And I, I thought they came across better than me in terms of their very coherent and consistent ideas on, on, on what they enjoyed. I mean, I, I, I find that um, as much experience as I have in terms of doing this, and I'm much more comfortable in front of the camera, I tend to miss the extra information that is really valuable to people and skip over it because I already know that. So that's something I need to be better at. But Ellie and Richard are really good in terms of explaining the detail behind some of the things they'd um, seen at WordCamp Bristol. Um, so I actually really enjoyed that. It was my first WordCamp. I thought it was a fab day. Lovely people. Yeah. And I thought that went incredibly well. That's actually where I met Ben Everard, uh, who we spoke about earlier, and also Rachel McCollin who I'm sure came on one of my workshops back when I started my business uh, in 2009. Yes, 2009. I'm sure she came on one of my workshops. I, I can't remember what it was on at the time, uh, maybe social media. But she had a great talk on uh, WordPress multi-site. And again, actually, just like we we're talking before, I'd never really wanted to do multi-site because it was just one of those things that might be hard, just takes too much effort. Just listening to her talk, had a few questions, which I spoke to her about afterwards. It completely demystified it for me. 
and and now we're using it for a few smaller sites and it's really easy it was just one of those invisible barriers in my way that i just couldn't move through and i, I think that's a sort of a little theme actually for our, our podcast today that really that there are these barriers in front of us that once you hear someone who can give you a little bit of motivation or or demystify things or just give you a little gem of advice actually that can that can move you forward quite significantly yeah and it's just that sort of moral support really as well yeah allows you to take that leap yes definitely and, and i think so so much to say that listening to everyone talk at wordcamp bristol inspired me to take the next step in in turning our say hola code which was part um it just helped display the say hola reviews and testimonials on a, on a site take the next step to actually make that into a plugin um which i've spoken about and i think we've mentioned it on the podcast before but it is just being around other people doing interesting things a little bit of inspiration has worked has worked wonders actually for me anyway i've taken a lot a lot from it so claire do you want to do you want to talk about your last one your last pick oh yes so um i've just finished editing jonathan mahon is that how you say it mahon 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 We'll have to listen back because this, this hasn't been published yet. So you're teasing people and then they I can't know. listen to right now. I know. I've scheduled it for um, early January. And um, so Jonathan um, is in the States and he works for a company called BombBomb, uh, which allows people to send messages via video. So their emails, instead of typing out an email, they send a personalized, authentic video of themselves responding. And this is how you engaged with him when you first interacted with him, isn't it? Which was, yeah. it's quite disconcerting because I have had a bit of a trial with it because I was, you know, quite intrigued. I love video and I think there's lots of ways to use it. And this is a slightly different way of using it um, sort of on a day-to-day -day, um, as part of your life. It's not just about selling products. It's about uh, creating connectivity and um, having that personal contact with someone because it's very easy on a telephone or in an email to just sort of throw information out there but having the visuals and being able to read someone and understand the context of how they're saying mm. something reading their body language um, and just growing that picture of who that person is I was quite excited by it to be honest I just wanted to have it have a go um, <laughs> me too as well because I've um, obviously we use this format uh, for video. We have our um, Inventive Marketing Club as well. And I've got used to that. I feel much more comfortable in front of video. But actually, as a medium, it's really nice because you're right. You can see people. You you don't worry so much about the words um, yeah. in terms of editing yourself. You just start talking. And that, that, that really, in terms of connection, one-to-one -one is a lot more, I hate to say it, authentic. Because <laughs> that's the, what people say. It's just real. It's just how people talk. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice. And I want I, I did want to use it. I want to do some more videos on LinkedIn, social media, in our email, um, email camp newsletter that goes out. I want to start using email video in that. Mm -hmm. So actually be talking to Jonathan about uh, doing some more of that. Definitely. And, it, and one of the things that um, you covered as well is sort of different tips about getting comfortable in front of the camera and remembering what's the worst that's going to happen. Don't overthink it. Don't over edit yourself. Just get on the camera just talk, just go. He had some really good tips, didn't he? I mean, mm -hmm. he, he was very good. Everything, uh, I'll, I'll give one away now, because um, <laughs> it's really good. But I often think, what about notes? You know, having lots of notes about things. What, uh, what, what about worrying about um, forgetting what I'm gonna say? Um, one of the things he said, and I'll open my special pot, is actually, if you're, if you're talking to a new client, maybe just write down a few things on a, on a post-it note, stick it around the screen. They won't be able to see it, but you've got it there, glanceable you're not glancing down looking at your notes and not focus not concentrating on that yeah. person you've I've got something that. up I've got something yeah. up yeah have you <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm definitely going to use that 
that's a brilliant one. But yes, yeah, so so that's coming out um, early January. Um, I thought it was a really good, great interview, actually. And I, I want to be doing, encouraging more people to be using video. I think maybe this is going to be the year of video for rather than inventive in terms of what I'm talking about and getting more people to use it. Because in some ways it's easier and it's certainly more authentic. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's us. It's it's what we, we're good at doing. You know, we're, we're people. We like seeing other people and talking to people if we can't be there face to face it really makes it real and yeah. as you say it is quite simple to do you just got to take that first step and stand in front of the camera and not overthink it and you've done very well today <laughs> i know yeah I should, I should take on board all this advice i give people because it's really hard getting out in front of the camera it is so to finish i want to share a little clip from alex who phoned our our um, main telephone number and left a voicemail matic message um, so let's play that now and find out what Alex has to say. Hi, Ben. Uh, just calling in to review your podcast. Uh, it's been a great year. You are definitely on my subscribe list and I really enjoy listening. In terms of my favourite, I think the recent one with Nick Van Der Waal talking about how he's looked to change the charging of his products was absolutely fascinating. As you know, uh, I know Nick uh, a little. Uh, we have worked together and I love what his company does, especially that he does it in Herefordshire. I thought that Nick gave uh, a really powerful example about how uh, strategic changes uh, can be made within a company in order to completely transform the service they provide and hopefully increase revenue for themselves and a better product for their customers. Thanks for all the work you do. It's been a great 2019. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it is really nice. Um, so Alex is an architect based in um, Herefordshire. And I've uh, worked with Alex for well, almost since we started. So it's really nice of him to um, send in that comment. In fact, I, I haven't included it in his clip, but he also um, said this as well, which I'll, I'll read out. What I particularly enjoy is the informal nature of the podcast. It's like being in a meeting with you and just catching up on what's going on in the industry. The way you present these is fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Alex. Very easy to understand, enjoyable and lightweight, which is important for someone like me. Good. Thank you. You are definitely on my subscribe list and really enjoy listening. It's really nice to hear that. You know, it means that all the work we've been putting in, that you behind the scenes, me, Al, Al in the early stages, it, it's nice to know that people get something from this, um, even if it's only little small gems along the way. So thank you very much, Alex. And just briefly, should we touch on his pick, which was episode 46 with Nicholas Vanderwall? who's a good friend of mine. I was in and around Hereford, just popped in to see him. And I know he had been changing over his product suite from pay per product to a full subscription. I mean, I love the company. They're a very creative company. They've got some lovely people working there. And they do a lot of work in the States, actually. They've got a lot of big client base over there. And I, I really, I, I get a lot out of Nick and what they do. I probably learn a lot from them. So it's really nice to talk to him and find out how he managed that process, which was, which was really cool. I definitely recommend that episode. And people listen to it because I think if if you want to manage change whatever it is whether it's pricing whether it's staff whether it's um, company ownership having a plan in place and, and sort of managing the expectations of people where possible and trying to mitigate the effects if you can or embrace it if that's if that's more benefit to you is um, definitely worth um, definitely worth some time and effort in advance of doing that thanks very much for your time there Nick so that's pretty much all we've got time for I think we've covered quite a lot I'm Claire, thank you for joining me. 
Um, <laughs> now you've been on, why not again? I have to have you on again at some point. Maybe when when the topic of video returns, we can bring you back on. Maybe um, have a few beers. It could be. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll make it easier. <laughs> um, but thank you very much. Hopefully, you have a, a, a great Christmas. Uh, and everyone listening to this, this should this should come out around Chris just after Christmas Day. So thank you very much for listening. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the festive period with uh, friends, family or whoever makes a good Christmas for you. You can find us online. I'm at Ben Kinnaird on Twitter um, or you can email hello at ratherinventive.com. We've probably got lots of events lined up next year. I haven't got them scheduled yet, but we're going to have lots lined up. So do look at our event page on our website uh, and come to anything you fancy there. You can find the show notes for this episode on our website. That's ratherinventive.com slash podcast. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube um, page or audio on iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify. And if you want to support the podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes or check out our sponsor, 34SP. They've been really good to us. Just go and have a look at what they offer and hopefully that's going to work for you. Thank you very much, Claire. Thank you to everyone who's listening. I hope you had a great 2019 and here's to 2020. Thanks, Ben.